Chapter Three, Part One of *The Lost House* by Richard Harding Davis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Carolyn. Chapter Three, Part One. Outside the locked door, the voices of the two men rose in fierce whispers, but Ford regarded them not at all. With the swiftness of a squirrel caught in a cage he darted on tiptoe from side to side searching the confines of his prison he halted close to miss dale and pointed at the windows have you ever tried to loosen those bars he whispered the girl nodded and in pantomime that spoke of failure shrugged her shoulders what did you see demanded ford hopefully the girl destroyed his hope with a shake of her head and a swift smile scissors she said but they found them and they took them away ford pointed at the open grate where's the poker he demanded they took that too i bent it trying to pry the bars so they knew the man gave her a quick pleased glance then turned his eyes to the door that led into the room that looked upon the street is that door locked no the girl told him but the door from it into the hall is fastened like the other with a spring lock and two bolts ford cautiously opened the door into the room adjoining it and except for a bed and a wash-stand found it empty on tiptoe he ran to the windows sowell street was deserted he returned to miss dale again closing the door between the two rooms the nurse miss dale whispered when she is on duty leaves that door open so that she can watch me when she goes downstairs she locks and bolts the door from that room to the hall it's locked now what's the nurse like the girl gave a shudder that seemed to ford sufficiently descriptive her lips tightened in a hard straight line she's not human she said i begged her to help me appealed to her in every way then i tried a dozen times to get past her to the stairs well the girl frowned and with a gesture signified her surroundings i'm still here she said she bent suddenly forward and with her hand on his shoulder turned the man so that he faced the cot the mattress on that bed she whispered rests on two iron cods they are loose and can be lifted i planned to smash the lock but the noise would have brought prothero but you could defend yourself with one of them ford had already run to the cot and dropped to his knees he found the mattress supported on strips of iron resting closely in sockets at the head and foot he raised the one nearer him and then after a moment of hesitation let it drop into place that's fine he whispered good as a crowbar he shook his head in sudden indecision but i just don't know how to use it his automatic could shoot six times before i could swing that thing on him once 
and if i have it in my hands when he opens the door he'll shoot and he may hit you but if i leave it where it is he won't know i know it's there and it may come in very handy later in complete disapproval the girl shook her head her eyes filled with concern you must not fight him she ordered i mean not for me you don't know the danger the man's not sane he won't give you a chance he's mad you have no right to risk your life for a stranger i won't permit it ford held up his hand for silence with a jerk of his head he signified the door they've stopped talking he whispered straining to hear the two leaned forward but from the hall there came no sound the girl raised her eyebrows questioningly have they gone she breathed if i knew that protested ford we wouldn't be here in answer to his doubt a smart rap as though from the butt of a revolver fell upon the door the voice of prothero spoke sharply you who call yourself grant he shouted before answering ford drew miss dale and himself away from the line of the door and so placed the girl with her back to the wall that if the door opened she would be behind it yes he answered purcell and i called prothero have decided how to dispose of you of both of you he has gone below to make preparations i am on guard if you try to break out or call for help i'll shoot you as i warned you and i warn you shouted ford if this lady and i do not instantly leave this house or if any harm comes to her you will hang for it prothero laughed jeeringly who will hang me he mocked my friends retorted ford they know i am in this house they know why i am here unless they see miss dale and myself walk out of it in safety they will never let you leave it don't be a fool prothero he shouted you know i am telling the truth you know your only chance for mercy is to open that door and let us go free for over a minute ford waited but from the hall there was no answer after another minute of silence ford turned and gazed inquiringly at miss dale prothero he called again for a full minute he waited and called again and then as there still was no reply he struck the door sharply with his knuckles on the instant the voice of the jew rang forth in an angry bellow keep away from that door he commanded ford turned to miss dale and bent his head close to hers now why the devil didn't he answer he whispered was it because he wasn't there or is he planning to steal away and wants us to think that even if he does not answer he's still outside the girl nodded eagerly this is it she whispered my uncle is a coward or rather he is very wise and has left the house and prothero means to follow but he wants us to think he is still on guard if we only knew she exclaimed 
as though in answer to her thought the voice of prothero called to them don't speak to me again he warned if you do i'll not answer or i'll shoot flattened against the wall close to the hinges of the door ford replied flippantly and defiantly that makes conversation difficult doesn't it he called there was a bursting report and a bullet splintered the panel of the door flattened itself against the fireplace and fell tinkling into the grate i hope i hit you roared the jew ford pressed his lips tightly together whatever happy retort may have risen to them was forever lost for an exchange of repartee the moment did not seem propitious perhaps now jeered prothero you'll believe i'm in earnest ford still resisted any temptation to reply he grinned apologetically at the girl and shrugged his shoulders her face was white but it was white from excitement not from fear what did i tell you she whispered he is mad quite mad ford glanced at the bullet hole in the panel of the door it was on a line with his heart he looked at miss dale her shoulder was on a level with his own and her eyes were following his in case he does that again said ford we would be more comfortable sitting down with their shoulders against the wall the two young people sank to the floor the position seemed to appeal to them as humorous and when their eyes met they smiled to a spectator whispered ford encouragingly we might appear to be getting the worst of this but as a matter of fact every minute cuthbert does not come means that the next minute may bring him you don't believe he was hurt asked the girl no said ford i believe prothero found him and i believe there may have been a fight but you heard what purcell said the man outside will tell if cuthbert is in a position to tell he is not down an area with a knife in him he was interrupted by a faint report from the lowest floor as though the door to the street had been sharply slammed miss dale showed that she also had heard it my uncle she said making his escape it may be ford answered the report did not suggest to him the slamming of a door but he saw no reason for saying so to the girl with his fingers locked across his knees ford was leaning forward his eyes frowning his lips tightly shut at his side the girl regarded him covertly his broad shoulders almost touching hers his strong jaw projecting aggressively and the alert observant eyes gave her confidence for three weeks she had been making a fight single-handed but she was now willing to cease struggling and relax quite happily she placed herself and her safety in the keeping of a stranger half to herself half to the man she murmured it is like the sieur de maletroit's door 
without looking at her ford shook his head and smiled no such luck he corrected grimly that young man was given a choice the moment he was willing to marry the girl he could have walked out of the room free i do not recall prothero saying i can escape death by any such charming alternative the girl interrupted quickly no she said you are not at all like that young man he stumbled in by chance you came on purpose to help me it was fine unselfish it was not returned ford my motive was absolutely selfish it was not to help you i came but to be able to tell about it later it is my business to do that and before i saw you i was all in the day's work but after i saw you it was no longer a part of the day's work it became a matter of a lifetime the girl at his side laughed softly and lightly a lifetime is not long she said when you are locked up in a room and a madman is shooting at you it may last only an hour whether it lasts an hour or many years said ford it can mean to me now only one thing he turned quickly and looked in her face boldly and steadily you he said the girl did not avoid his eyes but returned his glance with one as steady as his own you are an amusing person she said do you feel it is necessary to keep up my courage with pretty speeches i made no pretty speech said ford i proclaimed a fact you are the most charming person that ever came into my life and whether prothero shoots us up or whether we live to get back to god's country you will never leave it the girl pretended to consider his speech critically it would be almost a compliment she said if it were intelligent but when you know nothing of me it is merely impertinent i know this much of you returned ford calmly i know you are fine and generous for your first speech to me in spite of your own danger was for my safety i know you are brave for i see you now facing death without dismay he was again suddenly halted by two sharp reports they came from the room directly below them it was no longer possible to pretend to misinterpret their significance prothero exclaimed ford and his pistol they waited breathlessly for what might follow an outcry the sound of a body falling a third pistol shot but throughout the house there was silence if you really think we are in such danger declared miss dale we are wasting time we are not wasting time protested ford we are really gaining time for each minute cuthbert and the police are drawing nearer and to move about only invites a bullet and what is of more importance he went on quickly as though to turn her mind from the mysterious pistol shots should we get out of this alive i shall already have said what under ordinary conditions i might not have found the courage to tell you in many months he waited as though hopeful of a reply but miss dale remained silent 
they say continued ford when a man is drowning his whole life passes in review we are drowning and yet i find i can see into the past no further than the last half-hour i find life began only then when i looked through the bars of that window and found you with the palm of her hand the girl struck the floor sharply this is neither the time she exclaimed nor the place to-i did not choose the place ford pointed out it was forced upon me with a gun but the time is excellent at such a time one speaks only what is true you certainly have a strange sense of humour she said but when you are risking your life to help me how can i be angry of course you can't ford agreed heartily you could not be so conventional but i am conventional protested miss dale and i am not used to having young men tell me they have come into my life to stay certainly not young men who come into my life by way of a trap-door and without an introduction without a name without even a hat it's absurd it's not real it's a nightmare the whole situation is absurd ford declared here we are in the heart of london surrounded by telephones taxicabs police at least hope we are surrounded by police and yet we are crawling around to the floor on our hands and knees dodging bullets i wish it were a nightmare but as it's not he rose to his feet i think i'll try he was interrupted by a sharp blow upon the door and the voice of prothero you navy officer he panted come to the door stand close to it so that i needn't shout come quick ford made no answer motioning to miss dale to remain where she was he ran noiselessly to the bed and from beneath the mattress lifted one of the iron bars upon which it rested grasping it at one end he swung the bar swiftly as a man tests the weight of a baseball bat as a weapon it seemed to satisfy him for he smiled then once more he placed himself with his back to the wall do you hear me roared prothero i hear you returned ford if you want to talk to me open the door and come inside listen to me called prothero if i open the door you may act the fool and i will have to shoot you and i have made up my mind to let you live you will soon have this house to yourselves in a few moments i will leave it but where i'm going i'll need money and i want the bank-notes in that blue envelope ford swung the iron club in short half-circles come in and get them he called don't trifle with me roared the jew i may change my mind shove the money through the crack under the door and get shot returned ford not a bit like it if in one minute shouted prothero i don't see the money coming through that crack i'll begin shooting through this door and neither of you will live resting the bar in the crook of his elbow ford snatched the bank-notes from the envelope and sticking them into his pocket 
placed the empty envelope on the floor still keeping out of range and using his iron bar as a croupier uses his rake he pushed the envelope across the carpet and under the door when half of it had disappeared from the other side of the door it was snatched from view an instant later there was a scream of anger and on a line where ford would have been had he knelt to shove the envelope under the door three bullets splintered through the panel at the same moment the girl caught him by the wrist unheeding the attack upon the door her eyes were fixed upon the windows with her free hand she pointed at the one at which ford had first appeared the blind was still raised a few inches and they saw that the night was lit with a strange and brilliant radiance the storm had passed and from all the houses that backed upon the one in which they were prisoners lights blazed from every window and in each were crowded many people and upon the rooftop in silhouette from the glare of the street lamps below and in the yards and clinging to the walls that separated them were hundreds of other dark shadowy groups changing and swaying and from them rose the confused inarticulate terrifying murmur of a mob it was as though they were on a race-track at night facing a great grandstead peopled with an army of ghosts with the girl at his side ford sprang to the window and threw up the blind and as they clung to the bars peering into the night the light in the room fell full upon them and in an instant from the windows opposite from the yards below and from the house-tops came a savage exultant yell of welcome a confusion of cries orders entreaties a great roar of warning at the sound ford could feel the girl at his side tremble what does it mean she cried cuthbert has raised the neighbourhood shouted ford jubilantly or else he cried in sudden enlightenment those shots we heard the girl stopped him with a low cry of fear she thrust her arms between the bars and pointed in the yard below them was the sloping roof of the kitchen it stretched from the house to the wall of the back yard above the wall from the yard beyond rose a ladder and face down upon the roof orient sprawling were the motionless forms of two men their shining capes and heavy helmets proclaimed their calling the police exclaimed ford and the shots we thought were for those in the house were for them this is what has happened he whispered eagerly prothero attacked cuthbert cuthbert gets away and goes to the police he tells them you are here a prisoner that i am here probably a prisoner and of the attack upon himself the police tried to make an entrance from the street that was the first shot we heard and are driven back then they tried to creep in from the yard and those poor devils were killed as he spoke a sudden silence had fallen a silence as startling as had been the shout of warning 
some fresh attack upon the house which the prisoners could not see but which must be visible to those in the houses opposite was going forward perhaps they are on the roof whispered ford joyfully they'll be through the trap in a minute and you'll be free no said the girl she also spoke in a whisper as though she feared prothero might hear her and with her hand she again pointed cautiously above the top of the ladder appeared the head and shoulders of a man he wore a policeman's helmet but warned by the fate of his comrades he came armed balancing himself with his left hand on the rung of the ladder he raised the other and pointed a revolver it was apparently at the two prisoners and miss dale sprang to one side stand still commanded ford he knows who you are you heard that yell when they saw you they know you are the prisoner and they are glad you are still alive that officer is aiming at the window below us he's after the men who murdered his mates End of chapter three part one